0: You are listening to Behind the Pulpit Podcast, episode 21, New Year's Special. Welcome to Behind the Pulpit Podcast. From sunny San Diego, California, this is Tim Lucas. And back with us from way down in Texas, our evangelist extraordinaire, Mr. Nigel Ali. How you doing, Nigel? Hey, man, I'm doing good. How y'all doing? Glad to have you back. And from Portland, Oregon, our research expert, Mr. Research himself, the one and only Ryan Goff. How's it going up there in Portland, right?
1: Uh, It's going pretty good, Tim, except for fighting this cold, man. So my voice is going to be extra radio. Yeah. In other words, low and steady. And boomy.
0: Glad you finally got a man voice.
1: Rough and rugged. It feels good, Tim. That's that part of my of my illness feels. Welcome good. Welcome to the man voice club.
2: <laughs>
1: my kids, my kids finally respect there me. There you a go. <laughs> yeah, I'm, Judah's starting to like test
0: boundaries, and it's like, like he'll he'll be on something, and I'll be like Judah, get off, and then he'll get off, but then like lean on it, and I'll be like, don't lean on it, and he'll be, he'll like not lean on it, but touch it,
1: and I'm like, man, I got news for you, Tim. I got news for you, and I wish someone would have told me this. But the threes are way worse than the twos. Than the twos. Like
0: I've heard it's like way worse. Each age you
1: get about six
0: months of good and six months of bad. Oh is what they say. Because six months of that they're really like testing you and they're really going through a lot of growth. But it's during that time they're getting smarter. But then the other six months, they're recovering from that time of growth, and so they're pretty chill. That's what I heard. I don't know. Hopefully it works. Um, but it was funny. Uh, I was thinking yeah. today, all of a sudden, it, it kind of just hit me. It's like, man, that's how a lot of us Christians are. You know, it's like God's like, don't, I don't know, don't sin, basically. And we're like, well, but can I wear this? And, it's not this, so can I and can I go here? I won't get drunk, but I'll just drink, and you know, like we come up with all these little like we're trying to find as close to sin as we can get,
2: right, yep,
1: it works, maybe not in a <laughs> six month six month block, but there's those growing pains, <laughs>
2: except
1: maybe oh. it's maybe it's for the the pastor <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. Um, speaking For the dads, of huh? a pastor, um, we have a podcast announcement. Uh-oh. So, me, Tim, and my wife, Amede. This has been about a year-long process, but we were asked to go serve at a church in Ohio. So, we're going to be moving from here in California. This is gonna happen sometime between February and April. And we're gonna be moving out to Ohio. It's a city called Defiance, Ohio, and uh working in it with a church there. Um it's not full time, but Wait, it's a great
1: term. Uh I believe we established that uh any pastorate role is a full-time role. full time role. <laughs> Come on Tim
0: <laughs> We're excited about it for many reasons. Um we've been feeling Like it's kind of time for something new. And and this is something you guys will relate to. And the young minister, it's good for you to hear this. We love it here in San Diego. We don't have any, you know, we're not like sick of the place or are disliking people. But you start typically, at least for me, when I'm about God's going to move me or, or transition something, you start feeling this kind of nagging, gentle dissatisfaction. and. I have seen people let that turn into a critical spirit and it's important not to do that. But it's kind of like God severing the ties a little bit, kind of like when you move, he doesn't want you always looking back and being like, oh, look, remember how great it was at the place before. And so we've kind of been going through that um, a little bit. Again, we love it here. We've never its nothing that we're like, Oh, I can't wait to get out of here. But we've just been feeling like something new is coming. It's been about a year process. And it is exciting. That's exciting. Uh, New things are always exciting.
2: Yes, man. But,
0: uh, of course, very intimidating um, to have that much responsibility and kind of like that step from where, like, yeah, I'm youth pastor, so I'm responsible for the youth, but it's like, ultimately, pastor's responsible for them. So, it's kind of, I don't know. It just like all of a sudden, sense of... You are well well, able, I don't know about that, but I do believe in in the God I serve. And so, I'm not concerned, but do go through moments of Amen. feeling inadequate and o- somewhat overwhelmed when you think of all the things you have to do and, and take care of. But we did podcast announcement. So it's out there in the podcast world. So if it's on podcast, then it's real, you know, but um so that kind of does actually tie in with our theme for this uh, episode, we're going to be talking about kind of ha- what this past year has looked like. Successes, some areas where maybe we weren't as successful, new things that have come up, and then we're going to look forward to next year, um, things that, you know, goals, uh, changes that we're expecting to, to happen. And so obviously that's a huge change that we're looking to see. But let's start before we go any further with next year. Let's, uh, go back to last year. Now, Nigel, you had a pretty big change.
2: Yep. Yep the yes sir uh last october we stepped out to uh, evangelize there was a new journey for me and my family and we had been excited about that and uh, knew that that was exactly what god wanted us to do did not know what uh, uh was in front of us but we stepped out uh first few months were pretty difficult uh because uh uh we did not know how to even begin in this um, and uh, we began to talk to some people and uh sent out letters and uh you know endorsement letters and stuff like that and slowly we began to get calls from pastors uh and uh and the journey began and uh, it has been a wonderful year for us Uh, And uh, I can say, it, like I said before, it wasn't a bed of roses, uh, but uh, I know that God was with us. God showed us many things. We saw miracles. We've seen cancers heal. We've seen people delivered totally from alcohol, drugs. Uh, We've seen people filled with the Holy Ghost. Uh, baptized in Jesus' name, and 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 it has been worthwhile. And we've made uh, tremendous friends this uh, this year uh, along the journey, and and looking forward to this coming year because uh, already we have been booked for a couple of months now, and uh, I thank God for for that. And uh, the word is just spreading. People want to hear what we have to say, and I believe God is opening doors, and, and so we are excited.
0: Now, um, did you evangelize when you were in Fiji?
2: Yes, I did. I did evangelize. So this wasn't
0: totally new for you?
2: Personally, it wasn't. Yes, I had done it uh, as a single young man, and uh, the, in the means that it was different is because I included my family into the picture and uh that aspect was different
0: i was having a conversation recently with another um evangelist in in the um and he's married has three kids and we were talking about how now it seems like the evangelist role is really become a single man's world in the challenges of having kids and yet at the same time i think there's it's a little more dangerous of a of a place to be as a single man so. yeah
2: you know what tim a lot of yeah no, a lot of pastors have uh told me you know i would be you know I'll go to a church and i'll say man i'm you know we we try to travel as a as a family and uh pastors and their wives even even have commended us uh for doing that, and they've said you know what we i'm so we are so glad that you're doing it keep doing what you're doing we 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 know that it's probably difficult it's probably hard but just just keep doing it because there's great danger in just traveling alone you know what i mean and uh, if it's close by i can i can probably quickly you know f- just drive and preach and come back but uh, if i have to stay overnight i try to take my family and uh, I t- I can tell you it is it is uh, difficult twice as difficult as a single man uh, doing it, but it's worthwhile. It's worth it.
0: Now, from a minister, like from a preaching standpoint, how do you feel it's different? Because um, I've never evangelized as far as like your home church. Do you think it's easier to preach to people you don't know, or is it harder? And how is it
2: different? I think I think it is, uh, for me, it is easier to preach to people that you don't know. And, uh, you know what I mean? If you can preach in your home church uh, with people that uh, you do know and they know your life, and if you can preach with the same fervency and enthusiasm and, and deliver the message, I think you can preach anywhere because you stand in front of people that know you inside out you know and uh because the churches you go to you only are there for a couple of hours some, sometimes and you are gone and that's it yeah
0: and I think like for me sometimes I find it a challenge when I'm preaching a message you know, I'm constantly seeing people's faces and I'm like oh man this is aimed at them I hope they're there and I hope they listen and paying attention but and that can be a good thing yeah but I also think it can be kind of a bad thing because it's very easy to let your own thoughts color your message too much.
2: Right. Yeah, we were told very early on, I, uh, you know, uh, Brother brother Gonzalez, Rick Gonzalez, he he's a voice in, in our lives as well. And uh, he had told us that, it just prophesied over my wife and I, and he had told us that he felt that the Holy Ghost told him that We'll go to churches, and we won't be like just ordinary evangelists going into churches, just having the normal revivals that that we we're supposed to have, but he felt like when we go into a church that uh with prayer and fasting, my wife and I will be taking the church into a different level, and uh that we'll be taking the churches into a different spiritual dimension, and you know it's amazing. That uh, we have noticed that without uh, subconsciously, what you, we sometimes don't even think of that. But when we go into a church, God God gives us a message. God takes the services in a certain way that uh, I've seen even the pastor being uh, ministered to. Or you know, when we go to, into a church, the church is elevated in a different way. There's tongues and in- interpretations at times. And uh, that that prophecy I see is coming to pass, and it's just been a year a a year wow. into it, and I don't know what God has in store. I told God I said, you know, Lord, wherever you want us to go, this journey, I'm just leaving my hands in your hands and just lead us to bless the churches out there, and that's what we're gonna do.
1: So do you? Uh Feel like or not quite ready yet? That in 2017 you plan I'm on planning you to, really man, want to go full time. Lord
2: willing, I I've told God, Lord, I want to. I I'm I'm ready uh, to to do that. And there's yeah. few things that's holding me back, and and that's between God and I to to sort it out. And then we want to step out full time. I mean, okay. when I say I know, yeah, but this is a
0: way off subject. Okay. <laughs> I just got a notification on my phone. And you know, you guys remember when I posted that video of Mark Lowry singing his song, Mary, did you know? Yeah. I posted that like, what, December 9th, I guess. It's been shared 72 times and 15,000 people have seen the post. What? I guess like some people who are into Facebook marketing, that's not that great numbers. I mean, I think it's amazing, but I never thought it was going to catch on that much. We're still having people share it. It's already after Christmas. So I don't know. Just side note. Not a big deal or uh not not important. We can go back to talking about more weightier matters.
2: No, no, that's fine. <laughs> Fifteen thousand people, that's that's pretty a matter, man. <laughs> yeah. It's kinda cool. It's a really yeah. cool
1: song. I love that song. I love the way they did it too, but you know what's funny about that that's the that song though, that all I can think of is uh <clears throat> not every time I hear that song, I, I think of uh you know the the he might have been in your guys' class for maybe I uh he married uh Jerry Simmons' daughter uh daughter Jerry Simmons' wife's sister
2: Oh yeah Tucker He was not in our
1: class Tucker He was I not in I remember someone our- it was a couple Christmas I was at ABI it was a few Christmases ago and he he talked he said Mary did you know he said yes Mary knew she was visited well, by an angel We, End of we song. don't know we
0: don't know how much she knew
1: I know I just think it was she I know. just thought it was really funny I know
0: but it's like she didn't know I from what from reading the scriptures myself, I can't tell that she necessarily knew it was God Himself. Yeah,
2: because it says she pondered in her own heart. You know these things. She, she, she wondered, and
0: it was clear that it yeah. was going to be a God child, a child produced by, you know, God. But it, it I don't think it. The announcement was clear. Right, it was God. Right, yeah. living in her. So you've kissed the face of God. I don't know that she knew that. I don't. I don't think she knew that Jesus was going to walk on water. Mm-mm.
1: You know. Or, or these specifics. Well, I don't think so, her religion, I don't think Tucker, that, you yourself. know, I don't think that the religion <laughs> at that time, I mean, I don't, they really wouldn't allow that. Right. I mean, they, to, to reduce God to being able to kiss his face when, you know, you know what I mean? There's like the Jewish mindset at that time, you know, I know right. they thought Jesus, I know they felt like he was going to, you know, take them out of this. I but- think,
2: I think they thought he will, they thought he will physically take the kingdom, you know, Most most likely, that's what they were thinking. That he'll physically take and become the king of Israel. So it was very physical. A lot of them seem to have
0: believed that the Messiah was not necessarily God. If I if I read it correctly, you know, because he was called the Anointed One, Anointed of God. It wasn't clear. I mean, if you really look at the Old Testament, it's clear that God Himself was coming. But it's also they missed a lot of stuff from the Old Testament. But I th- and I think it's yeah. easy to s- look at it and not see that Jesus or that the Messiah would be God himself. You know, but, but so for me this year, going forward is going to be a very significant year. One thing specifically is I've, I ran across some things, posts online and some books. And I've really been taking a deeper look specifically at expository preaching. I know me and you, Ryan kind of talked about it a little bit yeah. because I've always had a very high view of the word of God and it always has upset me. Most podcast listeners will know it upsets me when preachers preach something that's not the word of God, even if they read a scripture first, but then it's like they never come back to the Bible. They just use the Bible to get a cute uh, title or something. And, you know, basically they're preaching and you'll even hear them say like, you know, today the Lord gave me a thought. Now, they say the Lord gave it to them, and sometimes he did, but sometimes it's very obvious he didn't. Because if they would have read the Bible, they would have realized their thought (laughs) didn't line up. And that that bothers me. Um, It bothers me when preachers twist scriptures out of context. A lot of times you'll see preachers who take Old Testament scriptures and over-allegorize them. Um, One well-known, I'm not going to say his name, but well-known national preacher, conference preacher, preached how the Gideon in the Old Testament showed us about the new testament salvation plan that you know when he had such a big army and then then uh god said you got to send the ones home that don't want to be there because they're afraid he said see that's cutting out people that are there for the wrong reason that's like repentance because some people come to church for the wrong reason and they won't repent so they they go home because whatever and then he's like and then they went to the water so that's like baptism i was like odd because actually the ones who got to stay were the ones who didn't dunk their head (laughs) but uh So that disproved your point. But anyways, and then he said, you know, and then, and finally he said, I want you to break the earthen vessels and make a loud noise. And and we have to break our earthen vessel and make a loud noise. And that's how he gets saved. And I'm like, oh, man, that's bizarre. And I hate preaching like that because it's not Bible. And it, it really, to me, it elevates man's reasoning. And what he's saying is you can't reach the level of God that I'm offering you without me. So I knew the kind of preaching I didn't like. But I didn't really realize exactly, I didn't have that concrete understanding of what kind of sermon that I did like, or and not just that I like, but is biblical. And I really discovered a lot and have dug deep into expository preaching. And I was not saying that the only way to preach is systematic expository preaching. Some people think that expository preaching eliminates topical preaching, and it doesn't. But expository preaching being, you are explaining the text of scripture. Anything you're doing beyond clarifying what the scripture is actually saying isn't is has no room and so i think going forward in my ministry it's really going to help me have a more concrete idea of how to work my message and just kind of really taking serious preaching you know i've always thought it was important but really maybe becoming a little more reverent uh, kind of that lofty view of preaching that and to think and realize that god lets me speak his word and how fearful that should make us that we would misspeak his word and and in the old testament where god talks about you know they say i said but i didn't say or they they say that i gave him a dream but i don't remember giving him a dream and and i never want to be that kind of preacher and and i'm afraid there are too many preachers out there you know and the scripture talks about a time where there will be a famine of the word in the land and i feel like we're living in that time where there's A lot of preaching, but very little word. You know, and I've compared some of the men I know that their churches have lasted. Their churches have consistently, maybe they didn't have overnight growth, but every year they have a few more. Their saints are solid. Their saints are growing. And so many of them have that expository preaching method which different people do it differently, of course. And so many of them do that systematic preaching where they preach through the Bible, um, uh, uh, through a Bible book and, and, you know, or take maybe a longer passage, not a whole book and preach through it verse by verse. And this is what it's saying. This is what it's saying. And so that, that text centered sermon where you start in the word, you, you walk through the word and you end in the word and you never really leave it. That kind of preaching is what I want to do. Um, and so I think, having that kind of a little bit more crystallized view of of what a sermon should be really is going to make a big difference um, for me. And of course, going to this new church and having the, the weight of preaching multiple times a week, plus the understanding that, you know, like here I preach every now and then and pastor preaches every week. And so I preach actually because we have so many preachers. I preach about once at the most, once every two months Normally it's more, once every four to five months, um, to the main congregation. Of course, I preach every week to the herb, almost every week to the youth. But it's like knowing that even if I'm not giving them enough, they should be getting it from pastor. But to know that I'm going somewhere where if I'm not giving it to them, they're not getting it. Now they, they can get it on their own, of course. Um, yes, there's others in the church who can teach and, and that's so valuable and so important. But to know that it rests on me for these people to, be fed it's it really made me take seriously the preaching and the importance of systematic preaching because because you can't keep people just on high-powered cute sermons right and i remember brother griffin talked about it too he said you know if you win somebody with high energy cute sermons right and that that's what convinces them to come you have, to have that to keep right. them and you can't keep that up um and even if you maintained it it's like a drug you it, it's high energy Week after week, starts seeming like not high energy, and so you got to bump it up, and and eventually those people are going to go somewhere else. But if you can get them, if you save them and convert them because they're getting the word of God, as long as you're giving them the word of God, they'll stick around. Yeah, grow. So I think it's going to be a very monumental shift in my ministry. Um, there's been some other things, of course, throughout the year. I feel like in my relationship with my wife, we've both come to some understandings. Um, that are really going to help us grow until now. We've both, I, we've had a great relationship, but there's been things that neither one of us have said as far as, um, frustrations. Not like, Oh, you know, you don't do this one little thing or, or things like that, but more general kind of ways we think where we've been different and it caused s- occasional friction, um, and that we figured out. And so I think kind of having that bigger picture slowly but surely we'll, we'll make it get things even better and better and better um of course i had a daughter and both of you guys know the difference between ha- going from no kids to one kid and one kid to two kids <laughs> having one baby was fun and there was challenges but it was yeah. almost all fun but when you have a baby and a toddler It's fun, Uh -uh. but it's, it's totally different. Like it's, it's a whole new ballgame. So that's been another challenge. Um, and, and as Jesus gotten older, I've started learning more and more from him as far as, you know, when Jesus says, be, be like children, I'm starting to see now lessons that, that I never learned before as he's getting right about this age. I really think this is about the age two to three is about the age Jesus was talking about maybe one to three when he said, you got to become like a little child. And, and I think, and even today he walked up to my wife, just like, you know, she was had the baby and, but he wanted her to hold her. And so he had, he's had his hands up. just like, mommy, hold me. You know, he wasn't saying anything. He was like, mommy, hold me, mommy, hold me, mommy, hold me, mommy, hold me. <laughs> and, you know, jumping up and down, like, I want you to hold me. And I was thinking, I was like, man, like that feeling is so amazing. And I, I can't help, but how much God longs for that from us that we have that attitude of of not feed me not it just just hold me just hold me just hold me and it's almost that desperation of like i know i'm being a little rude and i know you got other important things to do but just hold me because i want you to hold me you know and things like that and then today i i try regularly i don't do it on purpose i started off doing it on purpose but now it kind of comes naturally i just say hey judah and he looks up and i'm like i love you um or like do you know that i love you well and like very rarely but occasionally when i said it, he it's probably just recently he started doing it. But he'll be like, I love you too. Or and just that feeling when they say, I love you too. Or something like that. And, and I was just thinking like, man, if I feel this way, I'm, I'm an earthly father, but God's a perfect father. How much more important is it for him? And how does it make him feel when I just, I forget about everything and just say, I love you genuinely, right. from my heart, not because I want anything, but just, man, I love you. Sorry for rambling. That's been my year. No, that's <laughs> <Ryan>. fine. <laughs> What's uh, this very year uh, been for you?
1: Are we talking about looking forward to or what happened in 2016? So this past year. Yeah, well, yeah, this past year. Oh, well, it's been busy. we uh, we kind of maintaining. We had already moved into our house. That was 2015. We were working at our local church here with Pastor Brock. It's kind of been one of those weird, uh, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. It's been a, it's a, it's been a good year, but it, it's kind of been one of those where we haven't really had a whole lot of change. Uh, I did change jobs and I'm kind of toning down my work schedule to really try to commit more time to studying, praying to commit more time with my family for 2017, uh, before I was working two jobs. I've cut that back down to one and my hours, my required hours are only going to be 60 every week, which is three 10 hour shifts. I'll probably work four for the, for a few months, but I, but it's not going to be a requirement. So it's kind of been one of those blink of an eye years for me. Um, obviously the biggest thing for me probably has been starting this podcast and, uh, and then seeing like kind of like you said with the kids, uh, Asher, my youngest, he's just been a kid. We, he's a tornado, man. Uh, and he has been growing leaps and bounds. And, and Silas, finally, you know, for a while there, I was really worried about his development. I had mentioned on Facebook a while back that he kind of, I don't know if it was God speaking to me through him or what, but I was really finding myself uh, worried about his development with his speaking and, you know, with, with everything that comes along with that, just cause he wasn't quite at the level that I thought he should be. And I remember I was sitting on the couch and he was standing there next to me. And, uh, and I was just, you know, thinking to myself, just finding myself having some anxiety. And he just kind of, he was looking out the window and he just kind of looked over at me and just looked at me and just put his hand on my cheek and was just like, like he was telling me, just relax. I'm I'm okay. I'm doing what I need to do. You know, that and that's just kind of who he is. He's very emotional, can be good and bad. He's he's sensitive to what people are feeling. And this last year, I mean, since then his language has been progressing and and uh his speech has been getting better. I can actually understand what he's saying now. Some of his baby words, words that he used for uh, he would use the word "aunt" at, although sometimes it sounded like "ass." I'm not going to lie, uh, but he would use that name for everybody that wasn't mommy and daddy. So grandma, grandpa's, aunts, uncles, anybody. It was. It was. Uh, it was in fact, Felicia Holyfield was visiting um, while I was gone uh, into Philadelphia, and um, he was calling her at, but he was not. Calling her at, uh, and so she was just getting a kick out of it. Man, I was just I, I was trying to get him not to say anything at church uh, to, to any of those people. But you know, just seeing him him kind of grow and uh, mature has been has been pretty awesome. Just like you said uh, with Judy, you know, it's every day it seems like there's something new, something different, um, another challenge, and then also something that that's better than what it was before. So I've been enjoying that. So yeah, ministry wise, uh, it's been pretty stable. Uh, we've been seeing some growth, um, in the church. Uh, so we've been busy there. It's kind of, it's cool being a part of a young church, a young growing church in, and being involved with the pastor, uh, you know, having breakfast, talking about ideas, um, things that we want to implement. Uh, I, I guess the one thing we did start this year was we did start life groups. Uh, so that's been going for a year now. And it's been good. It was a kind of a life groups, meaning uh, our midweek services are held at uh, at different people's homes, kind of like cell groups or whatever, but it's life groups um, is what we've coined them. And uh, so I'm the head of our life group It's been good. They just, I, I don't think we've had quite as much growth as we would have liked, but it's been good. Uh, we, we just got another family that started coming, um, to our church and they've been coming to our life group now. Actually, last Thursday was their first Thursday at our, at our home. Uh, so we're praying about that and, uh, really want to start, uh, evangelizing and, and, and reaching out to, our local community here around my house, my neighborhood. Um, and that's a, it's a good way to, to get them to our house if they don't feel like going to our church. And lastly, this was our second year of having our annual ugly Christmas sweater party at church. And it was a hit because I was emceeing it, had lots of jokes. We did charades. We had the ugly sweater catwalk and, uh, where I got to make fun of people and that was always fun. I will say this though. If you are going to MC any sort of party at your church and you're going to say, you know, cheesy dumb uh, you know, little jokes here and there, uh, pre-read whatever you print off the internet because I just looked up, you know, Christmas jokes for for Christmas parties or whatever and the first few that I read they were fine. And I started to read the line I I read the first line of this joke and thankfully, thank the Lord, I read the punchline because it was not a good joke. And then I read the next one and it was not a good joke. And it would have been horrible had I read the punchline. There were kids present. There wasn't no, there was no. Uh, profanity, oh, but man. it definitely was not good. And I was so mad at myself that I didn't, that I didn't read through all of them. I read like the first four and they were just, you know, cheesy ones like, you know, why doesn't Santa go down a chimney? You know, cause he's claustrophobia, you know. That's what,
2: you, that's what you get when you wake Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, at least for those jokes, you know, I took time, I printed them, I did, you know, copy and paste it. And that basically, Ended two thousand sixteen with uh Christmas and now I'm feeling under the weather like Nigel's family and half the country it seems like, uh are welcoming in two thousand seventeen. So it should be uh I'm excited.
0: So speaking of two thousand seventeen, non awkward transition there. No just kidding. What are some of do you guys do resolutions?
1: I try to. I, I mean I, I don't do like I'm gonna lose ten pounds and you know my thing is, you know, I was thinking about I. I kind of do goals, and Dallas and I uh, talk about um, goals that we have. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm going to be having we're having another boy, so we got that coming up, whether we like it or not. He's coming out, and uh, one thing that I, I tried to do during 2016, uh, but wasn't as uh, like I said, I was working a lot. Uh, was wanted to read at least one book a month on top of my Daily Bible reading and stuff like that. So, so I'm reigniting that. Uh, definitely want to get through at least one book a month. I really would like two books a month, um, and uh, trying to trying to get that going because um, reading has really lacked in my life uh, due to video games and different things like that. So, and then the, uh, praying about ministry situations.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I read a lot, but dude, I like to read a lot, I should say, but I haven't got to. So I definitely want to do more. Reading. Um, I don't really. I actually made a resolution a few years ago to never make another New Year's resolution. So, so far, I've stuck with that New Year's resolution. <laughs> but I really I want to read more. I want to be a little more consistent on running. Um, just the last few months, have re- ever since Charlie was, born. actually, I've totally dropped off the bandwagon as far as regular <laughs> running. I run here and there. I want to get back on. Um, I actually want to run a full marathon in 2017. Uh, I guess this isn't a goal. For the longest time, I've wanted to get my pilot's license. Kind of looking into possibly doing that this year. So that would be a lot of fun. Uh, we let, It's kind of cool. The city there that we're moving to has a nice little airport um, right there in town that, that it would be great for learning at. Um, so that's something I've thought about. Definitely want to really hunker down and get really consistent in um, study of the Bible and prayer. I'm pretty good on reading the Bible consistently. Um, And then the way I read the Bible, I kind of pray while I'm reading. But beyond that, um, I want to be more consistent. And, and, you know, I do pray, but it's not consistent where I'm I'm just praying and praying, you know, for revival and kind of that kind of prayer. My prayer is more typically interspersed with my reading and devotional. But I really want to develop a consistent, um, devoted prayer time. And then uh, also I want um, to develop more of a constant kind of prayer, like throughout the day. I know we've talked about that a few times, I think on the podcast, but where you're just throughout the day, every couple minutes you're, you're talking to the Lord and thinking about the Lord. And when nobody's around, you're just ha- a conversation. I want to develop that a lot more this year. Of course, we already talked about transition um huge move moving a couple thousand miles for when we came to san diego we had no kids and so that was a lot easier than this one's gonna be um thankfully the church is, is really great and they said they're they intend to fly a meta and the kids out you know if
2: that's it, awesome man
0: i don't have someone else to help me somebody in the church has already volunteered to come to fly out and then help me drive a u-haul or something out oh. Wow, um but I think Andrew has talked about helping drive, and that would be a lot of fun. Um, and then Amede's dad has also—I don't know if he actually mentioned it or if my wife just said he always likes to do that. So one way or the other, I think we'll probably have somebody. But it's very kind for someone to offer yeah, that. Definitely. So that'll be nice. It's uh, moving out there is going to be great um, for some other—I guess I don't know what want to say—carnal but natural reasons. We're going to be closer to most of our school friends, other than Ryan, are going to be closer. Thanks a lot. <laughs> We're going to be a lot closer to my side of the family, um, particularly my, my dad's side. Almost all of them live in Ohio. My mom's side, I have a, an aunt that lives in northern Indiana that's about an hour and a half away. And he, Brother Mark Cottrell, is one of the ministers that I respect more than just about anyone. Oh, yeah. Incredible man. We actually should have him on the podcast. I didn't even think about that.
2: but That, that would be an awesome guy man. to it, have on podcast. He, It's
0: like everybody in the town goes to his church almost. I mean, the town is so small. And their church is really, really good size. Really good people. When we were there, just such a great um, spirit me and Nigel were on a outreach ministry that, that went by their church and just had great, great. Yeah. And so I really respect him a lot. He took a church that was struggling and has built a really strong church. So he's someone that I will hopefully be able to have in my life. Also, I'll be pretty close to Brother Chapman he's in Indianapolis. He's someone that taught at ABI and that I really connected with a lot. And so I am hoping to be able to have regular contact with him. And then, just being in the Midwest, you know, my wife was born and raised in the Midwest. My parents, now I grew up overseas, but my parents are both m- Midwesterners. And so, kind of culturally, um, that'll be fun. I like the outdoors, so it'll be nice to have that that Midwest part of it. So, we're excited for that. It, it'll be a big transition. Like I said, now we have kids. And so, thankfully, well, Charlie is going to be fine. She... You know she doesn't know anything going on, so she's gonna be fine. But I don't know how Judah is. He's very much a a routine kind of guy, and so I know he's gonna have a little bit of difficulty with like the upheaval. But he's also kind of young enough where he may not really get it. I think I I don't think it's gonna be too bad, but it's gonna be a challenge on us, of course, I'm um, trying to get settled in and entertain kids and, and all of that, um, and then trying to get it in a routine of more responsibility at a church and taking care of kids with no connections, you know. Nigel, what about your coming year?
2: We have a big year plan, man. We're going to start the year with a bang. We have a revival uh, starting uh, the 2nd of, uh, 2nd of uh, January. We have conferences that we have planned for, uh, things that we will be doing but uh in our personal lives we have goals spiritual goals where we want to my wife and I both want to you know begin to focus on praying together more and uh getting the mind of god as we go as a team into churches to be able to bless uh whatever church we are at uh and not just go to just preach, but also to minister, to minister to, you know, the pastors, the pastor's wives, and, and just whatever we can do to be a blessing to the church. And I think, uh, I feel like if we can get more serious in uh, in what we are doing, and, uh, and you know, the Lord has really spoken to us, there have been prophecies that have been prophesied over our lives, Uh, And I won't go into detail, just, uh, you know, in in December here, last couple of weeks ago, uh, someone that prophesied over us uh, things that uh, just blew my mind. And uh, I'm just looking forward to seeing what God will do through us and uh, let the Lord have His way and uh, looking for a great year.
0: Yeah, it's funny, Ryan, I can't believe I didn't even think about this. As we were thinking about doing this show, you mentioned something anyone cross my mind this year we started the podcast <laughs> that's true. i didn't think about that it's it's crazy like
1: it's what big start? was it was it june uh we remember. were talking about it before right at the beginning of summertime i think or like was it march okay. i think i don't think we started till august i don't think we posted yeah, until this august is be episode
0: 21 okay so yeah our first post is actually june 5th oh it was june okay yeah so we've been doing this for six months now we've released 20 this will be 21 episodes. Wow that's not bad we're almost at uh four a month and that's what we started out as in one a week and then realized it was a little too much so probably once I move we will look at going back to once a week episodes if uh you guys you schedule work and mine work and everything but man it's been it's been a lot of fun I, this podcast has definitely benefited me.
2: Oh, yeah, me too, man. It's been great, man. Yes. Definitely enjoyed just
0: to grow more. I loved all the contacts we've made, like with uh, with Phil and and some of the others that we've made contacts with. And
2: It's been a great podcast. I, I've enjoyed it, being part of it. It's, it's great, man, to hang out with you yep. guys anyway.
0: And it's fun, too. It's kind of been crazy to meet some of the guys we've had on. When I ask them, it's like they're so grateful that we would let them on the show. And I'm like, I realize we're small time. Right.
1: Right. <laughs> right, exactly. I
0: mean there's a few people that listen to us. And actually it's more than a few. But we're like your audience is bigger than ours. Don't like we're not doing you a favor. You're doing us a favor. Um but they've been we've had some really great guests this year. And then we have a couple lined up for next year. One, I know you listeners are going to love um, and that is I, I I have a firm commitment we already have tried to record a couple times but then technical difficulties on his end our end and all around are prohibited that but we're going to record with brother Tony Bailey yep. and record specifically about prayer and I cannot wait for that episode if nobody listens to that show I can't wait for it because I feel like it's going to change oh, me yeah and when we get down to it, we all Amen. know the way for us to have revival is prayer. The way for us to grow in our ministry is prayer. We Amen. can do podcasts, and it's important. I really think it's important. That's why we put the time into it, um, growing in, in ministry. But really, the key to growing in ministry is prayer. And and so right. having him on, I just, man, I'm so excited to get to talk to him. But he's another one that acted like, man, he just, he's so honored that we would ask for him to be on our show. I'm like, are you kidding me? brother, Tony. <laughs> So very excited about that one Forward to uh, hopefully within January, we have a couple of dates we're working on possibly in January, if not January, the 1st of February, hopefully
1: to be able to release that episode. We're very excited for that. Did you guys have anything oh, else to yes. say? No, I was going to tell Phil to uh, hang in there, man. I know you're a little, you were a little lonely, but, uh, that ramen goes a long way. All right oh yeah the boy. podcast is, is is with you brother
0: we, we, we should have sent him a care package
1: um, yeah
0: i've been there man. i remember being stuck at school for the holidays and
2: uh you'll make it you'll you know, make it
0: looking back it i it wasn't a big deal at the time it was um but yeah man that
1: ramen you know what though i'll tell you what it starts tasting pretty good hey. Right. <laughs> That it does. Oh, oh man, it doesn't fill you up, but it doesn't last real long. But it tastes good when it goes down. <laughs> now Texas wouldn't be so much, but up in Minnesota, man, in those cold
0: winter months, you have that steaming bowl of ramen. Mm man, that'll warm you up right to your gut.
1: <laughs> but, taste buds uh, are that being said, now.
0: as always, you can find the show notes behind dot com slash twenty one. Thank you so much for listening. We really do appreciate every one of you. And especially those of you that have contacted us. You're our favorites. If anybody else wants to be a favorite, just contact us. It's that easy to get into being one of our favorite listeners. We hope this coming year will be the best year you've ever had. We would love for you to comment on this Facebook post of this episode. And let us know what your goals are for 2017, what your plans are, maybe what new things are coming your way. Make sure
1: that's goals and not New Year's resolutions, because we know we now know that Tim uh, hates resolutions. I'm not
0: anti-resolutions, it's just I've made enough that I've not kept. So <laughs> I decided I was going to make a resolution that I knew I could keep for the rest of my life. But no, I have no problem with people making New Year's resolutions. With that being said, until next episode, remember, you matter to the kingdom of God. Behind the Pulpit Podcast.